You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. Hello, and thank you for joining us this week here on the Neutral Zone. I'm Phil Milani, joined as always by Eric Dalala. Have a great show in store for you this week as we get set for the Broncos 2019 training camp. We'll go over, go over some of the top storylines as we are now about a week away from the start of uh, training camp, Eric. Phil, I'm pretty sure training camp doesn't start till the end of July, remember? Uh, uh, not if you're the Denver Broncos. What? Yeah, that's because... Uh, what are um, you trying to tell me? Uh, that training camp starts uh, July 18th this year. One day before my birthday. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a really nice way to spend your birthday. I've, I think uh, you'll enjoy that. Uh, normally, I have uh, my birthday off, not yeah. this year. Why are we? Uh, why are we starting training camp so early? For those who maybe, you uh, know it's th- because we're playing nine uh, preseason <laughs> games. <laughs> nine, as a, compared to the the normal eight. The normal, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I think we attract a lot of casual listeners. That's true. Uh, for, to our podcast because it's okay. it's a lifestyle. It's more podcast of a lifestyle type of thing and yeah, football yeah. podcast. So they that might not true. know that because of uh, the Hall of Fame game, Champ Bailey, Pat mm-hmm. Bowen both going to the Hall of Fame. That's in early August, and so we get to work a little bit earlier. But you know, it's, it's interesting to me. Huh? The Falcons don't start training camp until like Saturday, the twenty first or twenty second. Few days, yeah, yeah. It's like a few days late. That's interesting. Bottom. But it's well, like they don't want to work. Well, the rule is that uh, you can start training camp. I believe it's um, ten days, maybe two weeks before the start of your first preseason game. Right. So the the Broncos hall the Hall of Fame game will be two weeks from next Thursday. Right. But then why wouldn't the Falcons so, want to do that? Well, as maybe well? they don't feel like they need as much practice time. Ooh. I mean, there is a burnout factor that I think that Vic Fangio is going to have to be cognizant about. That that two week uh, mark has always interested me because. You've got a lot of teams that play on a Thursday to start preseason. Then you've got other teams that play on a Saturday. Those other teams get two more days of practice, which is... For the season, yeah. Right. Seems kind of unfair because you're all starting at the same time. Yeah, but like say if you're the Falcons, Dan Quinn's been there for a while now. Matt Ryan's been the quarterback for a long time. Like you just... There's not as much change when you think about the Broncos. Everything that's happened this offseason, new head coach, new offensive system, new quarterback... Everything is so new. New defense. Which is sort of why it makes the training camp, it's going to be interesting to see all of that come together over, you know, a, a two-week period before the first preseason game. But I'm sure that this thing's going to be a work in progress the entire year. Right. And it'll be interesting to see how Vic kind of manages. Like you were saying, it's a long haul. The buy's not till week 10. So you've got a stretch of several months here with no break. Exactly. So it'll be interesting to see, I know, when the Ravens did this last year, when they played in the Hall of Fame game, John Harbaugh said, hey, we're going to take things really easy these first couple yeah. weeks and kind of pretend like it's a mini camp type deal or uh, OTA type practices. So it'll, it'll, I don't think that's coming from Vic Fangio, but how he handles this long stretch will be kind of the first indication of how's he going to do as a head coach. Yeah, there's a lot of logistics, a lot of things to 
juggle while you're the head coach. And uh, first time Vic Fangio is going through it, so we'll have to see how he structures things. Have you cleared the goes. the live show with Vic? Is he when does he, when does he want that to happen? Uh, uh, f- well, if you're listening, we're trying to do like we did last year uh, a live show during training camp. So I. Uh, I'm not sure if Vic knows about that just yet. I'm working on it. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, you guys have a yeah. you guys have a standing weekly meeting. Yeah, so. that's more of a daily type of thing. <laughs> yeah. Got at it. our favorite little yeah. Italian spot. That was that was a cool thing last year because practice was going on in the background, so it was that's the true. only way for fans to really see training camp as training camp happened live. Live, yes, yeah, as it happened. Yeah, that was the whole idea of the show. Is that right. and then you're you not here in person. Watch the show, and you'll get uh, a feel for what's going on. A today. little taste, a smack exactly. roll. Exactly. Yeah. So, well, we're, Eric, uh, about a week away from the start of camp, so let's uh, preview this week's show. We'll talk a little bit about the quarterback position. Okay. Uh, we'll talk a, a little bit about where we think the most improved position is uh, for this Broncos team. We'll talk a little bit about the defensive side of the ball, a little bit of offensive side of the ball. And then also maybe uh, what to look for for the rookies Ooh. coming in. So This rookie class, if it's as uh, good as last year's rookie class, it could be very substantial for the Broncos. Could be. Yeah. Where you, you want to start with the uh, I think, with number five? I think so because let me, tell you, let me tell you what happens to me often. People are like, oh, oh uh, uh, are the Broncos going to be any good this year? That, I get that question all the time. As do I. Everybody asks me that, and the, the, the I say sixteen and zero. Well, yes, of course. But after that, they say, "Okay, well, what do you think?" And I say, "You know what? To me, it all depends about the quarterback play. If they get good quarterback play, they could be really good. If they get poor quarterback play, things aren't going to be so good." I think you've kind of figured out the NFL. It's weird. If, in in its essence, if your but quarterback that, plays well, you're good. If your quarterback doesn't play well, you're bad. Correct. But some teams uh, going into the situation, they sort of know what they have at quarterback. Right. It's just kind of an unknown. So they have for, some other unknowns that could impact how their season goes. I would say for the Broncos, it starts with number five. Right. Well, and I mean, it just shows how important the quarterback position is because when yes. Peyton was here, or, you know, you or when John Elway was playing, you, you knew that this team is going to be in the playoff hunt yep. regardless. You know, the rest of the team could get injured. Uh, I mean, you look at that that uh, Super Bowl forty eight team for the Broncos, the defense was decimated, yep. and Peyton just they carried them there. Uh, I'm you know, not sure if you knew this, but didn't that, end so well. that season – was the greatest statistical season ever by a quarterback. Huh. Yeah. So Better than Patrick Mahomes. Correct. Wow. It was better. Maybe some of our friends in Kansas City should yeah. take note of that. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of interesting. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't want to get too far down the Patrick Mahomes rabbit hole right now. We can save yeah. that for different times. What, week five or six when we play Kansas City? Week yeah. seven, Thursday night. That's true. Chalk that, that in as a night. dub. It's going to be nice. Yeah. It's going to be a real nice game. Well. Yeah. Little crisp uh, fall air, you know. Maybe we can get some yeah. bratwurst cooking outside. Good, yeah. Before we head in, good. What's, what time does that game start? Six twenty. Yeah, love those night games. Get to yeah. walk out of the stadium at like three in the morning. It's nice. Well, most Quiet. people, most Quiet. people take uh, the afternoon off of work. That's true. Head down to the stadium. Well, you take every afternoon t- off of work. <laughs> get a little tailgate going. Real yeah, nice. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Flacco. What's the Flacco? Yeah. What do you want to see from Joe Flacco 
during training camp. Well, I mean, like you said, the it all comes down to what version of Joe Flacco are you going to get. He played his best season ever in 2014 uh, when he was in a Gary Kubiak offense, which is pretty similar, we think, to what Rich Scangarello wants to run. Now, that was five years ago, so is 34-year-old Joe Flacco different than 29-year-old? I would think a little bit, but he was also playing pretty well last year, and so I want to see the way he responds to mistakes. I think that was a big thing last year when Case Keenum was playing is he didn't throw any interceptions for a really long time and everyone was like well that's really good and it turned out during the season that he was a little too risk averse so I want to see Flacco take those chances but then how do you respond if you do throw a pick and I want to see some bombs Phil (laughs) oh am I talking to Phil Mickelson (laughs) yeah yeah. it bombs (laughs) yeah because this Uh, the offense has to find a way to prevent the defense the defense from sitting in the box and watching Philip Lindsay or Royce Freeman and just, you know, clamping down on that. They have to be able to throw it deep to Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton's best attribute might not even be catching the football. It might be drawing pass interference penalties and getting you those big chunk plays. So I want to see a lot of deep throws, even if they're not uh, hitting on every single one of them. You know, the interesting thing to me about uh, Joe Flacco is that, uh, you know, he's heading into his 12th season, first time in a new training camp since he was a rookie. So... You know, I just want to sort of see how he adjusts to this, to being in Denver. You know, it could give him, uh, um, you know, a new, uh, new life on a career. You know, a little bit of fresh air, some fresh mile high air. Ooh. Um, you know, I just want to see how he does out there. You know, you would assume, like, uh, tell me if my my thinking is correct here. The the older a quarterback is, the more mental the mental side of the game should come easier to him. Right. Yeah. So I would assume that Flacco, you know, heading into his twelfth year, the mental aspect of the game should be coming easier to to him. The question mark, though, is the physical part of it. And if you ask him, he says he feels great physically. If you saw him during the offseason program, we heard about how strong his arm is. Physically, he looks fine, too. So if you put those two things together, you take a healthy Joe Flacco, whose mental side of his game should be getting better and better, you know, there's no reason to think that Flacco just, you know, won't be able to go out there and have a very productive season. Right. And you think about Keenum. When Keenum got here during training camp, everyone was like, can he replicate what he did? Because the truth is you didn't really know if he was going to be able to do what he did in Minnesota. With Flacco, I don't think there's much of a question of if he's healthy, can he play at a level that's much improved from what the Broncos have had the last several years? I think the answer is absolutely yes. Yeah. The question to me, so I think what's likely to happen is you're going to go through training camp, you're going to go into week one, you're going to be like, Joe Flacco, looks really nice. He looks like a big improvement. He looks like that guy we saw last year in Baltimore in week three kind of torch the Broncos. Early season, right. maybe healthy. And then the question is going to be, can hey, he, when you get into week eight, week nine, week 11 or 12, can you sustain it? is he still going to be healthy? When he starts taking those hits, you know, like when Joey Bosa comes off the edge and takes him down, how's he going to handle that? And hopefully yep. the Broncos offensive line uh, minimizes those hits, but they're going to happen. And so that's really... You might not get a full evaluation of Joe Flacco until later in the year. Yeah. No, I think that that's uh, 100% fair. And, you know, he will have to learn a new system out there as he's doing things. And, you know, I think that we've talked about this on the podcast a little bit is that they've done a good job of creating game-like scenarios 
in practice. And one of the things that's kind of cool is that Scangarello will be way away from Flacco. He'll just call in the play on his helmet, and then Flacco just goes into the huddle, calls a play out, and goes to the line. So I think that, you know, that has hopefully accelerated the learning process. Yeah, I think Vic Fangio does a very good job of implementing as many things in practice as he can to replicate game situations, whether that's using uh, game jerseys, whether it's having those situational football drills. I mean, we've had a lot of coaches say that Vic's done more situational football in OTAs than they've ever seen in their career. Yeah, exactly. Uh, whether it's, you know, relying more on the clock or, or whatever. We've just seen more of that stuff than we have in previous years. And so I mean, it makes sense to me. I mean, even you think about when the team's going to practice. I don't know if this is why, but there's a lot of practices this year that are at in 2 p.m. Yep. And the Broncos play a lot of their games at 2 p.m., so I don't know if that's a, hey, let's get used to this time. Let's get used yep. to uh, you know, the routine of getting up and having a, a meeting in the morning and then going out there and, and playing. Uh, They're going to do a scrimmage at the stadium? Right. It's just Same idea. Those are impressive things to me to see from a first-time head coach. And Vic said early on when he got here, I've picked up a lot of things from different coaches that I would implement. We've already seen some of them. I'm excited to see during training camp if there's other things he might implement. So that's the starting position. What about the quarterback group overall? Would you argue that this quarterback group overall is vastly improved from the group that we saw heading into camp last season? Yeah. Let's who, let's recap who Keenum? we had last year. Keenum, Paxton Lynch, Paxton Lynch, Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly. And then uh, – Sloter wasn't last year, right? No, that was the year before that. Okay. Who was uh, the Hogan. fourth? Okay, Hogan. Oh, I think that he came in later, right? Yes, maybe a, a fourth unnamed QB. I don't think they had Was four. Garrett Grayson here for a bit? Uh, I'm not sure. Or did they just game. go with three? I think it was just three during camp. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, regardless, I would say yes, this group has improved. Uh, Flacco's an upgrade at the starter position. I think that whether Drew Locke or Kevin Hogan wins the backup position, you've either got experience with Hogan or you've got tremendous upside and talent with Drew Locke. Uh, Paxton obviously never put it together, and Chad Kelly was raw, um, showed that maybe he could – he won the backup job, so he showed he had some potential, but then obviously off-the-field stuff kind of derailed his career in Denver. I think just uh, for a fan, you want to see what Drew Locke can do. Like that – for me, that would be one reason to definitely come out to camp. Is yeah, I want to see how Flacco's looking, and you know we know he's going to be the starter. But also, where is Drew Locke? You know, does he look like he's going to be, you know, a guy who eventually puts it all together for the Broncos? You know, uh, you're going to see his big arm. You're going to see some of that athleticism. You know, it's going to be. We know Flacco's a starter, and we're going to pay attention to him. But it'll also be a cool storyline to just sort of see how Drew Locke is going. And like you mentioned, that competition for the backup spot. You mentioned experience with Kevin Hogan. I mean, he doesn't have a ton of experience, but it seems like he's been in the league for a little while now. And coming from Stanford, we think that he's probably pretty smart. Yeah, he started so, some games for Cleveland. So yeah, I think exactly. you trust him. He's a good uh, – I don't want to say backup option, but the he insurance uh, policy exactly. Yeah. Like if Drew Locke for whatever reason doesn't seem ready to take the backup role on this year, I think you're fine with Kevin Hogan being your backup and you carry three quarterbacks. Yeah, uh, but I'm sure they want Drew Locke to go out there and prove he can be the backup because then you get one more spot that's free on the 53 for exactly. another position. Um, 
I think to your point about coming out and seeing Locke and, and Flacco or whoever else, you can tell really early if these guys flash. You know, yeah, you exactly. think back to Mahomes in his first couple preseason games as a, as a rookie. <laughs> Remember that like sixty-yard <laughs> yes. yeah. bomb he threw yeah, in the first course. or second play. Yeah, uh, I mean you're gonna be able to tell quickly. He's not gonna look perfect, but you're gonna be able to tell quickly if Drew Lock has kind of the it factor or yeah. the talent to to make this work long term. And, and uh, you know, just to sort of see how he handles, you know, some of the pressures that come with camp. Camp has sort of a different feel to it, you know. There's a lot of seven-on-seven team periods where you're in pads now all of a sudden. There's a crowd that's out there. It really does mimic a game-type scenario. And, uh, you know, it's pretty cool to see, okay, where is he going to go from day one of camp to, you know, eventually when the season starts? How how much is he going to grow during that intense you know, month of practice. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing is sometimes these guys can look really good the first, second, and third day of practice, and then you get into it a week, and, hey, they're not playing as well. They're tired. They don't know how to handle their body. Um, I don't know if that's quite as big of an issue for a quarterback as it is other positions, but the consistency factor is is hard to maintain, you know? Well, and you heard, like, remember during OTAs, like um, Locke would say something like, oh, I've really got to work on this. I'm going to go home and like grind on it all night. Well, like, uh, you know, maybe after two weeks of camp, are you still grinding like that after practice? You know, are you still pushing it hard? You know, can your body, can your mind, Are you? is there a burnout factor there? Those are things to uh, keep an eye on with a young quarterback, uh, to say the least. Uh, so I, have you said everything you wanted to say about the quarterback spot? I said everything I want to say. Okay. I think the other big thing that uh, fans will want to pay attention to is this wide receiver core. A lot of question marks about whether Emmanuel Sanders will be ready to go. Uh, we know that he's probably not going to be there day one at camp. No, it doesn't so, Doesn't seem like it based on what he's saying. And exactly. We don't have a for sure answer one way or another, but like we talked about, it, it wouldn't shock me if he starts on PUP. Um I mean, maybe they don't put him there and maybe he just comes back slowly, but it wouldn't surprise me to put him there for even a couple of weeks as he kind of works back because he doesn't need to play. And yeah. you'd, Maybe you'd like to see him in the third preseason game or something like that. Uh, get some, some work with Flacco. With Flacco. Yeah. Um, but he, I mean, if he doesn't come back until the middle of August or late August, I don't think anyone's going to be concerned that he's not going to be ready. He's He's a player that shows up during games when you yeah. need him to. Well, so if he's not able to go during training camp, how do you feel about this wide receiver core? It's they, they got to prove. Yeah, they got to prove themselves. It's really young, you know. You've got Cortland Sutton as your best option if Emmanuel Sanders isn't going, and he's a second-year player that, when he was the number one option at the end of the last year, kind of disappeared. You know, I mean, I think in some ways because. Philip Lindsay was such a weapon. He maybe should have been able to take advantage of some of those opportunities, but facing number one corners, uh, he still had some catches, but it didn't go as well as he would like, and he'd be the first one to tell you that. I think, yeah, I think, you know, just looking from where week one, okay, I'm behind Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, then flash forward, you know, to uh, that Cleveland game, 
you know, Emmanuel's gone. DT's been traded. You're going up against the number one defensive back on the other side. Plus, you've already played more games than you ever have as a college player. You know, you're at that point in the year where you think, you know, your body's like, okay, aren't we done here? And you're still going. That's a hard spot for a rookie wideout to be in. Right. And, and all that said, he had 700 yards, had 40 catches, four touchdowns. It's a good rookie season. I think if you had said before the year that's what Cortland's going to have, probably would have been oh. okay with that. And a lot of guys say you take your biggest step from your first year to the second year, but that has to happen. You know, exactly. Or else the Broncos, regardless of if Emmanuel's back or not, if Cortland, Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton don't take that next step from year one to year two, it's going to be a little shaky at receiver. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things to pay attention to during camp. Are we seeing signs that they've taken that step I think that's what we want to see. You know, I think Cortland Sutton has all the tools to be a superstar in this league if he really wants to be. So, and every indication we got from being around him last year, he's really got a good head on his shoulders. He works. He works hard. And, uh, you know, I think that he could, he definitely could be the Broncos player where we're like, whoa, this guy's really taking a leap and he is a legitimate you know, star rising in this league. And, you know, for, you mentioned Deshaun Hamilton, Hamilton went through some injury, you know, problems last year, didn't get on the field quite as often as he uh, probably had hoped, didn't get his first catch until late into the season. So, okay, how is he going to build off of that? We hear so much about his route running, you know, his, uh, you know, precision, his good catch, you know, he doesn't drop balls. Okay, let's see how he's able to, take that step from year one to year two yeah and i think the coaching staff was high on him i mean yeah they wanted part of the reason they felt comfortable trading demarius was that they said hey we want to get deshaun hamilton more involved yeah uh he caught a touchdown there against san francisco when he was thrust into that number two role had another one against oakland so i mean gosh you look at that cleveland game he had 12 targets that's a lot of targets for a guy that at the beginning of the year wasn't getting any snaps exactly wasn't getting any uh targets um, but yeah, another guy I'm kind of interested in is, I mean, obviously Tim Patrick, Tim Patrick, good is player, good. but can Jawan Winfrey prove that he's something? Can he stay an healthy? X factor maybe because it yeah. seems like from all accounts, and you would know as the resident CU fan that he's got a lot of talent, but the he issue has, has been can he stay on the healthy. field? Yeah, because if he can stay healthy, maybe he's a guy that can yeah. kind of provide an unexpected. Uh, weapon there and and you mentioned Tim Patrick he showed some flashes last year where you were like whoa I didn't know Tim could do that and I will say I've seen Tim Patrick in the building a lot this offseason when there's been no practice no scheduled anything he's been in here working so I think uh, that is going to be the position group to watch the most Um, you know everybody wants to see the quarterbacks but to me you there's so much potential so much question questions surrounding the wide receiver group uh it's gonna be really that's gonna be the position the number one position to watch in camp in my opinion yeah i think i agree with you if philip Lindsay were like guaranteed healthy coming back and again we don't know where his status is either i think it'd be interesting to see how he and royce split carries but i also think that that's going to kind of play itself out regardless but at least you know you're going to have that's talent there that's going to be you can rely on for sure that's true so uh, that and I do think Phil Lindsay is supposed to be he he's definitely going to get some reps in camp. I think it so. sounds it sounds yeah. like he's in a place where that is going to happen. Um, but you mentioned there the 
most entertaining position group to watch during camp. Um, what about a position group that's really improved the most well, since last season? I, I th- I'm going to switch to the defense here, and I think I'll go with the. We secondary. can talk about the defense. Yeah. Oh. I would say the secondary is probably the most improved position from last season. You talk about bringing in a veteran like Kareem Jackson. You and then you're going to talk about bringing in Bryce Callahan. You've got uh, Chris Harris Jr. motivated to prove that you know he can. He's worth that big deal for next for next time around. You know he's playing on his contract year. You think that Justin Simmons is getting to that point where he's starting to think about another contract. Well, he uh, has to be, yeah. Will Parks, you know, these guys are are coming into their primes of their career, I guess you would say. So you would like to see them take these big steps. And above all else, Ed Donatel is going to be the defensive coordinator, and he's a secondary specialist. So you would think that that group as a collective – is vastly improved from where they were last year. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Isaac, and then also Isaac Yottam. You know, he, he should hopefully try and take a step here, you know, if he's healthy and ready to go. So I thought he was pretty impressive last year. I mean, a lot of other, Confidence. other he, rookie players okay. uh, got more attention, obviously, between Chubb and Sutton and Lindsey. But I think back to when he co- had to cover AB against yeah. the Steelers. and I mean, he didn't do... It wasn't 100%, but he made some plays against A.B., and so that showed flashes. And uh, former head coach Vance Joseph would talk a lot about, hey, Ike's just got to be consistent here. Yep. You know, he's got the talent. He's just got to be consistent. So it'll be interesting to see if he can do that. Um, in regards to your contract here, I think a couple of months ago when Derek Wolf was at the podium, he said, hey, Super Bowl 50, we had a bunch of guys on contract years who were – they had to play for themselves uh, and – kind of have the team perform well in addition to that so they could prove they deserve new deals and there are a lot of guys on this team that and I know we've talked about this on the podcast before but there are a lot of guys that have their contracts coming to an end that could be uh, trying to prove they deserve to stay here or need a contract somewhere else and so maybe that's an additional motivation that helps yeah exactly and I just think that the depth that is back there now where there wasn't really that much depth you know I uh, Last year it was Chris Harris Jr. and Bradley Roby, and then there was sort of a drop off. Um, yeah, the secondary this, was this time around was tough last year. Yeah, exactly. So this time around, they really that was a position that they really addressed the most during free agency. So hopefully uh, that will pay off for a, a secondary uh, unit coming into this year that hopefully can take a jump, uh, and we'll see some of that in uh, in training camp. Eric, what do you, I feel like you have a different position. I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to agree with you, certainly. I would not do that. If uh, I, I would go offensive line. Uh, you know, you added Jawan James at right tackle. He was briefly the highest paid right tackle in the league uh, before the Raiders moved Trent Brown over there. Um, you've got Connor McGovern moving to center, which I think is pro- maybe his more natural position. Uh, you've got... Let's see, you've got Ron Lear moving back to right guard. So he was already on the team, but he said, hey, I like right guard better than left guard at this point. I'm more comfortable. Yep. You had a Dalton Reisner in the second round. Um, kind of a steal for the Broncos, I think, to be able to get him at that point. He's going to be a really good player at left guard, it seems like, already. Uh, and then maybe the most important addition is Mike Munchak. You know, not going to be on the field, but the offensive line coach that came over from the Steelers was a potential head coaching candidate here. And then John Elway ended up being able to get Vic Fangio for head coach and Mike Munchak for the offensive line. 
We've heard story after story about how good he is. When you stand out there watching practice, you can hear him teaching in a way that is intuitive, that seems to be taking hold in a way that maybe we haven't seen in the past few years, or really that he's probably as good a position coach at any position as there is in the league, Um, a Hall of Famer as a player, obviously. And so I'm really excited to see what he can do with that group because I didn't think the offensive line was terrible last year. Certainly uh, toward the end of the year when there were some injuries, they struggled a bit. But I think this group has a chance to maybe be a strength and help Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman kind of approach those 1,000-yard marks again, um, give Flacco some time to throw. We we talked about how important that is. And listen, you're not going to be able to know exactly how good they are in training camp because I think there's kind of an unspoken agreement between defensive linemen and offensive linemen of – we're we're gonna try here, but yeah. we're, it's not game speed or maybe some tactics that are used in a game. Like for example, we see a lot of batted down passes in training camp. Everyone's like, "Oh, the defensive line is working the offensive line there, and they need to find a way to to fix that." And the reason is is that in a game, offensive linemen are punching the defensive linemen in the yeah, stomach. Exactly. Some of those types of things. So they don't take they can't put their hands up. Yeah. they're not doing that to their teammates in yeah, training camp. So exactly. Um, but we will get a little bit better of an idea. Uh, once the pad goes, pads go on of how they're doing. I mean, Von Miller did make Jawan James look silly at times during OTAs. <laughs> and so uh, I want to see how Jawan well, James responds there. Obviously, that's you're not going to face many guys better than Von Miller. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he makes a lot of guys look silly. That's true. But, but I will be interested to see how, how he responds. Von called him the best offensive tackle that he's gone against right in tackle, practice. I think right tackle. Yeah, okay. right tackle. Von normally goes he's against right goes. tackles, though. Yeah. But I'm sure that at some point he went up against Ryan Clady. Yeah, that's fair. So, uh, but, yes, I have a question for you, Eric. Uh, is, it, is it Broncos related? Or yes. We, okay. Let me ask you this. I do think I agree with you that Mike Munchak is going to be huge for this unit, in particular Garrett Bowles. Mm. Hopefully I guess he'll I didn't be able mention to, Garrett Bowles. Yeah, huh? Hopefully he'll be able to coach him up to uh, where he's in a good, confident spot. I think Dalton Reisner playing alongside Garrett Bowles is going to be big. We've already seen those two uh, build their relationship and have good chemistry there. But here's my question. If a multiple things choice. aren't going well with Garrett Uh-oh. Bowles at some point in the season, could you ever see them making a move to swap him out? Maybe they move Reisner. He has played some tackle. Would you ever move him out there? Or what would you say? What do you think that uh, – the season forecast for uh, Garrett Bowles? Well, I think the hope, obviously, is that you drafted this kid 20th overall, Garrett Bowles, um, that Mike Munchak's going to be able to help him get to a point where uh, he's consistently successful. Because I do think that Garrett kind of gets a bad rep in that uh, he is really solid at times and makes some good plays. The, pr- the problem is this if he draws a penalty or lets someone get by him for a sack is that it tends to compound itself. Yes. And so can he find a way to prevent one mistake from becoming several in a row? And if that happens, then I think you're fine. I don't think you're, you're too concerned, but say, and so again, I I think Munchak's going to help him. I think having Dalton Reisner there can help him. I think there's ways that the scheme can help him. I suspect Flacco is a guy that gets the ball out pretty quick. Um, the running game, if it's good, can help. But pretend all of that goes wrong, and you need to find a way to, if you to gotta fix make a move. the left side of the line. I think I would put Elijah Wilkinson at oh, left right. tackle and leave mm-hmm. Dalton Reisner where he is. Um, there's 
we have heard that Dalton Reisner can play tackle. I think I would let a guy in his first year focus on one spot, one spot. and put Elijah Wilkinson at tackle, who, from all accounts, I mean, we saw him play tackle at times last year. Yes. Uh, right tackle. Yes. He did pretty well. Um, yeah, I don't know if he can play left. Uh, I'm I'm sure. Yeah, pinch it'll, it'll be interesting right, to see. Right. Or, or maybe you move Reisner. Uh, maybe it's a big shuffle. You move Reisner to left tackle. You move Ron Leary back over to left guard, and you move Elijah Wilkinson to right guard because he also played some of that last yeah. year. But I mean, hopefully we don't get to that point. But I yeah, like exactly. I like Elijah Wilkinson as a kind of backup option. Yeah, um, I did that's that. where you would have liked to keep a guy too, like Billy Turner, who yeah, uh, you know, it seemed like was close to coming back, and then he went yeah. to the Packers, right? I think so. Yeah, uh, so. Yeah, hopefully that doesn't come to fruition, but yeah. uh, it's certainly something you got to think about. And for a guy like Garrett Bowles, he was drafted when, 26, 2017? Yep. You're going to have to decide. Yep. So this is his third season. Yeah, he's going to have to decide pretty soon at the start of next year if you're going to pick up his fifth-year option. Exactly. And so talk yep. about guys in contract years. Bowles isn't quite there yet, but he's at a point where he's either going to make a lot of money in his option year and then set himself up for a long-term contract or he's going to be, you know, out on the street as a free agent that probably doesn't get a huge deal. Exactly. So he's got a he's got a lot to prove as well. And I think, you know, that's just a hypothetical situation there, but overall with Bulls, I do think for some linemen it takes a while to pick up the speed, pick up, you know, everything that goes into playing left tackle in the NFL. Heading into his third season, I think you hope that, hey, he's finally getting a hang of how this thing flows and what, uh, what you know, what it takes to be a starting left tackle in the NFL. So well, he's also on his third offensive line coach. In yeah, three exactly. Years. He's been third through a lot of system change. in three years. Yeah, exactly. So it's not a, it's not like things have been made easy on Garrett Correct. Balls, you know. Yeah, exactly. And quarterback changes too are hard right. for all offensive linemen. So. Uh, so we've gone through a lot here. Just two more areas to touch on here. We want to talk about the defense. Just a couple more. We want to talk about the defense, and then we also want to talk about maybe a second-year player who we think is going to take the biggest jump. I thought we were talking about rookies. Was, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We, we already do, talked we about uh, second-year players to. taking yeah. a jump. Let's talk about do rookies it again. heading into their camp. If, if you want to do I it mean, again. I guess we talked about Sutton and all those guys, yeah. Lindsey and that kind of stuff. Sorry. Josie Jewel. My apologies. Josie Jewel. So let's talk a little bit about the defense. Okay. What do you expect from this unit? Do you think they're going to be a top five type of unit in the NFL, as some people out there have been saying? Um, and, and what are your reasons for optimism on that side of the ball? Uh, they have the talent to be a top five defense. I was on Orange and Blue Radio a couple weeks ago, um, and they asked if this secondary was better, could be better than the no-fly zone in Super Bowl 50. Sorry, um, where were you talking about this? Uh, Orange and Blue 760. Got it. Uh, formerly Orange and Blue 760. Oh, Our friends oh, over there. Oh, I know you. A lot of great people, unfortunately. A lot of great people. The station did not make it to camp this year. But uh, you and I used to hop on. Used to hop on there. Yeah. And uh, enjoyed talking with them. But one of the questions that was raised, like I said, was, is this secondary as good as the no-fly zone in Super Bowl 50? And I said... Let's calm Let's down a little bit. The, Let's pump the, the brakes. That was one of the secondary. That was I one mean, of the best defenses yeah. of all time, and in particular the secondary. Right, was really keep to leave. T.J. Ward was playing incredibly. Darian Stewart, you know, was Jr. really solid. Of course, Chris Harris, Bradley Roby. Yeah, um, that was a great secondary. Right. So nothing against. Obviously, Chris is still here. Everybody else is yes. gone, but nothing against Bryce Callahan or Cream Jackson. But no, they got to prove it. 
Yeah. And I s- believe that that defense helped win a Super Bowl. They did. Was one of the, probably the reason why they won a the Super right. Bowl. So. And so I, I bring that up to say that one of the things that will determine if this is a top five defense is can they force turnovers? Uh, so the Broncos haven't done that probably as much as they would like to over the last few years. And think of all the big plays they had in 2015 or 2016, even, you know, with that defense still intact. But yeah. you had pick sixes, you had fumble sixes. I mean, you think game changing plays. Exactly. You think of obviously Vaughn's uh, strip sack of Cam that resulted in a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Yeah. But man, you had, uh, gosh, Tlaib had a pick six against the Browns that year. Or was it Stewart? Yeah, no. That was Tlaib. I think yep, Stewart had a pick yep. in the end zone against the Ravens to secure yep. the season the opener that yep. year. Um, a lot of Bradley Roby punches a ball out in the divisional round to kind of save the game against the Steelers. They made play after play after that play Chiefs game on a right? Thursday night. Thing. Yeah, of course. Um, so I think of the secondary the last couple of years is that even when they've been solid, they haven't forced as many turnovers as you would like. Yeah. And so, well, will they be top five or what do you think? Well, who else? Who else is going to compete for that? You think probably Chicago, well, right? They're still really talented. They lost the Chargers. Coordinator. They did. I think he came yeah, here. I think so. Yeah. Well, I, I guess if I were to say now, I would say no, not a top five scoring defense. Okay. But I think that part of that has to do with the offense is going to have to perform well enough that the defense isn't put in bad situations. And I just want to see yeah. the offense prove that they can score twenty four points a game or they can possess the ball, or they can not turn the ball over before I'm ready to say, hey, this defense uh, is going to be top five. But I mean, it they certainly have that, the talent that too. other defense had Peyton Manning on the other side. Correct. So, he, you know, trying to minimize mistakes when possible. But everything Chris Harris has said has suggested that this defense is going to give him the opportunity to make, make plays. If you think back plays, to yep. last year, that Steelers game, when he picked off Roethlisberger and kind of flipped the game around, he chose to do that. That was kind of him freelancing, Break off, yep. uh, dropping into a zone, it looked he like. Changed the coverage, um, yeah. And it sounds like maybe that's the type of thing they're going to be able to do more of this year. So that's encouraging. And then, of course, you've got Vaughn and Bradley Chubb, who some guys are talking about, can they get to 40 sacks combined? That sounds ridiculous to me, but well, 35 right. maybe. You know, if, if they could get to 35 combined sacks, I think they had 26 and a half last year. If they could get to 35, you know, I think the defensive line is a question mark maybe because it's a little thin once you get past Shelby Harris and Derek Wolf and Adam Gatsas. But, I mean, the talent's there, and the biggest thing, like we've talked about over and over, is just I believe that Vic Fangio has a big big effect on this team. He could be worth three wins just maybe in his own right in terms of scheming, uh, in terms of putting his players in the best position. That's something that the Broncos haven't had uh, maybe since Gary Kubiak left. Uh, our friend Daniel Jeremiah at NFL Network. Uh, Is he a friend of the pod or just a friend? A couple of weeks ago. I think he's a friend. Jacksonville number one defense, he thinks. Chicago number two. Chargers number three. Broncos number four. Oh, so he does have the Broncos. Dallas five. number five. So, Dallas. Yeah. Dallas has pretty good defense. Interesting. But I just think I think that the Chargers' you, defense is good. They're going to yeah. have to figure out. They lost some guys on the defensive line. I think uh, Corey Legit and maybe uh, Brandon Mebane, if that's how you say that. I think they're mm-hmm. both gone. Um, they still have Joey Bosa. They do have Joey Bosa. He's yeah. kind of struggled to they stay got some healthy. Talent in the secondary. Yeah, their secondary is really good. Who they they picked up that uh, Nasir Weddle? Adderley? 
Is that right? Uh, I think they drafted a guy named. I think that's who they used oh, their yeah. first round pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. And then they already have yep. uh, Derwin yes. James, who they picked in last year's first round. Yeah. So yeah, they've got some talent on the back end. Yeah. Broncos did beat the Chargers in L.A. last year. Yeah, but that took a lot to make that happen. <laughs> Philip Rivers made <laughs> that mistake fair. throwing the ball right into the ground. Yeah, winning games. Von Miller made a huge play. Right. Random, uh, we had Portland a sudden crazy comeback. Yeah, and then McManus made the field. I mean, it takes it's a not going to be easy to make the playoffs. Yeah. That's the thing is that I think Broncos fans are really used to when this team made the playoffs. It was like, oh, this is easy. Even in, yeah, but I'm saying a lot of things had to go right for the Broncos to win that game in LA, and they all did. That's true, but I mean, I think that there are a few teams around the league where you know you're going to make the playoffs and you win games easily and you don't need things to break your – like the Patriots are probably going to make the playoffs because they have yes. Tom Brady. And the Chiefs are probably going to make the playoffs because they have Patrick Mahomes. Yes. And when Aaron Rodgers is healthy, the Packers are probably going to do that. But there's not many teams where like you can, you can just assume you're going to make it without certain things or certain games breaking your way. Yeah. No, you have to have a couple of breaks. So, I mean, that's – I would say – If you're going to get to like say a 9-7 and seven or 10-6 and six this year, you're going to have to steal one from – Kansas City, and it's probably not going to be easy to beat them, yeah. even at home. Yeah, no, I agree with you. So, but that that was a one of those games that was a little bit lucky. For sure, the but th- I mean, think back to 2016, or, or we can even go back to 2015 when it matters a little more. The Broncos don't get home field advantage in the playoffs and yeah. win a Super Bowl. You gotta have luck on your side. You if stay healthy, if Jamal Charles that. doesn't fumble and Bradley yeah. Roby picks it up, you know, or if. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think, or if C.J. Anderson doesn't right. score against the Patriots, you know. Yes. So that's where kind of my point is that it's doable for sure. I think that some people look yeah. at the Chargers and Chiefs and think they're so far ahead that there's no way the Broncos. No, that, no, I don't. That seems so. to be the national perception, though. Well, that the Broncos are. It's kind of like the Chiefs and Chargers are up here battling for first, and then and the, the Raiders, Raiders and Broncos are right battling there. for third, and it seems like there's a huge gap. I, I just don't know that, that that's the case. The, no, I wouldn't. And and every year things are a little bit different where you, you're not quite sure how everything's going to come together. There's always a couple of teams that you thought were going to be really good that drop off. There's always a couple of teams that you thought weren't going to be great, and they came up. That happens every single year. So uh, I don't think that the gap between the Chargers and Chiefs is that big. Between the Chargers and Chiefs and, and the then the, And then the Broncos. Yeah, that's what I mean. Sorry. And the so, Raiders are down there? Uh, no, I think the Raiders could be good. Um, I agree. You know, They've got talent. they got a lot of talent. If it can That's a scary together, first game. I don't like that. The Hard Knocks is going to be great this season. Last year I was like Seattle at home. I like that opener for the Seattle Broncos. Seattle was a playoff team last year. Oh, I know, but I liked that opener. I, I was like, yeah. I feel confident about getting a win against Seattle. You don't like home. going on the road to start the year. I don't like, I don't like prime time on the road against a probably the most hated rival. I mean, I know you. Chiefs are number one now you, to me. Yeah, to now, yeah, I know. You said that pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, but maybe historically the Raiders. Correct. Uh, so I don't like. I mean, we've been saying this for five years now, but could be the last game we play in the black hole. Could be. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Last year I was doing – It frightens me. I'd much rather open with Chicago at home than I would go to the Raiders on the road to start. uh, Last year we were doing that post-game show. Yeah, and People were getting, like, tackled and arrested right behind me. (laughs) That was pretty good. Sometimes Matt Boyer kind of goes off the hinges (laughs) post-game. Police have to keep him in check. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't want to name names, you know, uh, but um, 
Okay, so I do think that the defense is probably going to be top five. Fangio working with those pass rushers. I already mentioned how improved the secondary I think could be. I think the combination of those things is going to create a really stingy defense. Draymond Jones coming in uh, on that D-line. They've got a in my opinion, they have depth in that area. So uh, um, you've convinced you've convinced me. I think they're going to be a top five defense. Let's uh, wrap up the show here by talking about some rookies who we think could really make an impact for the Broncos this year, and especially in particular, looking at what we expect from some of the rookies in camp. In camp, okay. I guess Noah Fan's probably a good place to start. It's huh? a little bit scary. You're going into your first camp. You're not sure what to expect. There's a lot of you know. You probably have. Some nerves heading into that first one. Right. Yeah. I mean, Noah Fant's a good guy to start with, the first-round pick. Uh, I think they were lucky to get him at 20. He's a – Yep. You know, it looked for a long time like they were going to take a, guy, a linebacker maybe at 10. Uh, Devin Bush is who it was rumored to be. Yep. Uh, it ended up with Noah Fant, and by all accounts, he looked good in OTAs. Uh, and you know he's going to get targets in this offense. Yeah. He's going to get his chances. I, I'm excited to see how he does, not just in training camp because I think – there's only so much you can gather against your own team, but how does he handle the Hall of Fame game or how does he handle a week one preseason game in Seattle? Uh, that'll kind of give me a clue as to can he contribute right away during the season because he's a guy that if he can prove that he's ready, he could end up with 40 catches and oh, five yeah. touchdowns this year. Yeah. He could be a major uh, guy for the Broncos. He, I mean, maybe is he a rookie of the year? type guy if he's it's possible Offensive just because of how of much we be. just how much we know joe flacco likes throwing the tight ends um, yes. it seems like that's maybe a possibility oh i definitely think it's a possibility you know that he's going to get red zone targets so his his touchdown numbers could be push him over the top there uh hopefully he lo- learns some of the finer things you know some of some the blocking. subtleties of playing the tight end position. I thought that Vic Fangio had a, probably the best line of the offseason. You loved this. It was you weren't, really even, good you weren't even there, though. You know, he said he could go to the Home Depot, pick up a bunch of tools, but that doesn't make him, what did he say, carpenter? Doesn't make him a carpenter. Exactly. Yeah. So we know Fant went to Home Depot and Are they an official he's team got partner? all the tools to be a tight end. I don't know he if they're an official team partner or not. I'm not sure. He w- they went to Ford and got all the trucks, but that doesn't make that, that doesn't make him a car dealer. I don't think that, you know? that works. I think that's <laughs> you're welcome. Home Depot sponsorship. Ace, uh, Lowe's. I don't know. I don't know. He went to one. He went to a hardware store. He went to the store. official Broncos hardware store. Yes, but that doesn't make him a carpenter. And he he has the tools. No, that's that's true. I think. Uh, Reisner, how do you do with pads on? That's the the most important thing. That. Same thing with Draymond Jones. Uh, how does Justin Hollins look switching between inside and outside linebacker? Is he a yeah. realistic option there to maybe provide some depth? Because after Chubb and Vaughn, you don't have a whole lot of yep. depth at outside linebacker. Uh, Winfrey, we mentioned earlier, and of course Drew Locke. Just yeah, what can he do? Well, he's going to be out there playing Q. Playing Q. That's what you got to do. Yep. We're going to be out there doing our We're stuff. We're going to be doing our stuff. Yep. The whole time. Bringing you the news. Exactly. The news on the football team. That's what exactly. we're here to do. Just a couple R's out there under it's the true. sun. Ben Swanson will be out there as a P, taking some photos. Uh, I was going to say he's going to be out there being an A. An artist. artist. Yeah. <laughs> some drawing. That'll be. He could do that a daily sketch of like a, a portrait. He'll be like yeah, he'll be on a canvas. He'll be like, Coach, could you just stand still? I'm not quite done. Oh, see, I was thinking more of like um, 
just the whole scene. Mm. So okay. not like yeah, I see more like a Monet or something, you know, mm. something where he sort of blends. Yeah. Show Swanson the Monet. That's, exactly, that's what he's all about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he won't do it for cheap. No, that's true. <laughs> that iPad. No, that thing don't just turn on for, for free for free. Exactly. Uh, while we're mentioning shoutouts, I mean, anything else going on? Um, some back to school shopping or something. Back to school shopping for sure. Yeah, uh, in the community, I think Liz Manis is organizing that. Yes. Uh, I think we announced uh, an Alzheimer's Awareness Day at camp for the second year in a row. There is going to be Alzheimer's. Um, that'll be nice. Uh, I'd imagine that's a community initiative as well. For sure. I mean, it's definitely a, a Denver Broncos big-time initiative here. Hold on. I'll try and uh, I'll stall. pull up the uh, I'll stall. stall. Um, yeah, other, I mean, other community initiatives. I mean, it's always okay. great when the players are back in the building. And the, we oh, yeah. talk about this as – the start of the football season, but it's really the start of the community season, you know? Exactly. It's so, the com- Well, yeah. the community Hashtag. is all year round. That's true, but this is when yeah. you get, this is the nitty gritty. That's true. You know, a lot of player events. Uh, Alzheimer's Awareness Day is Sunday, July 21st, the first Sunday of camp. Wow. I'm sure they're so, encouraging fans to wear purple, show yes. up. I'm sure they'd like a lot of people that day. Yes. Let's see, Sunday... So we'll practice 21st. Thursday, Friday. They might put pads on for the first time that day. Uh, Thursday, Friday. Saturday. Saturday. I think they have to practice three yeah. days without pads. Yeah, that pads, could be the so first day of pads. Possible Sunday could be it. Um, in the good. past, we've seen the team wait. Under but Vance, they would wait till that Monday, I think, typically. Yeah. But I think there's a good chance no one picks yeah. old school attitude. They might exactly. do pads the first day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it was allowed, you know. Yeah. If it was allowed, for sure. <laughs> exactly. Vic would be wearing yeah. pads if it was allowed. Yes. Um, that's good. Another cool uh, training camp thing, as you you mentioned, it was that practice at the stadium. Yes. When's that? Do you have that in front of you? Uh, the uh, scrimmage at the stadium is going to be oh, Saturday. It's a scrimmage. I think it's going to be a scrimmage type uh, a deal. Mm. I'm not sure. Maybe I just made that up. You think but the- I thought that they. <laughs> I thought that it's quite they possible they were going to do that. When in doubt, we that just make is things a up. Saturday, July 27th at 2:15 at the stadium. You gonna be able to get to the dentist in time? Uh, I'll be there for 15 minutes, and then mm. at 2.30, yeah. I'll be heading to the dentist. Okay. Well, maybe we'll be able to catch a few snaps. After the dentist, I'll be back because it goes till 4.15. Okay. So quick yeah. dentist appointment at 2.30, and then... 2.30. <laughs> and then back before it ends at 4.15. Correct. Got it. Okay. Correct. Usually, uh, the dentist... It's pretty quick. At 2.30, doesn't take long... Quick fix there, and then <laughs> exactly uh, at the game. Yeah, or you know, back of the scrimmage. You know what's interesting to me though is that we start training camp allegedly, according to you, in a week. Correct. We don't have a game for nine weeks, or a, a regular. regular. We don't have a regular game. season game for yes. nine weeks. That's ridiculous. That's a long time. <laughs> I mean, it feels like football is close because training camp starting, but in reality, we're still a long way away from. Uh, and for us, as ours. Yeah, I'll say the hardest part of camp is about a week into camp, probably right around that scrimmage time. It's nice that there's going to be that scrimmage because it'll give us something to sort of talk about. But after that scrimmage, you're in no man's land where there's still a lot of practice going on, but there's no there's no game to preview. There's nothing to really like look ahead to. So that to me is the hardest part where we're like, what are we going to talk about today? Yeah. It's always once you get to the first preseason game, it's always a little bit easier to get through. Exactly. I mean, it will be a little tough. To, we've got 
uh, a game against Seattle on August 8th, and then we don't play yeah. again until August 19th. Well, we have joint practices during that time. So Allegedly, I think. I don't know if that's official at this point. No, I think that it is. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> that's okay. It's been reported out there. I think Nine News is Mike Kliss's. If Nine News is Mike Kliss's said it, then, then it's happening. Uh, but, no, I think you're right. that Those first two weeks are hard to get through. Just confirming yeah. here, I see. Um, but cool. I think that's something uh, that you got to think about as a coach too. The players it can't be easy for the players to get through those couple weeks either. So maybe that's why Vic is mixing it up with a stadium practice, or maybe there'll be other things he does to make sure it doesn't get stale. He seems to be, you know, you hear players coach a lot, but Vic seems to get it. Exactly. You know, and I don't know if that's because he's coached a long time and has coached a lot of different types of players and a lot of different types of teams. But that field day, that to me, I was kind of like, oh, field day, are these guys just going to want to get out of here? They no, loved they it. They came together, yeah. And, you know, they Vic really... was involved in it, and I think that kind of endeared him to the players in a different way. And so he seems to get it. So maybe he's got something up his sleeve for training camp. Exactly. Keep it interesting. Keep the guys motivated. Another, you think maybe another dunk go. booth during training camp? It's possible. Yeah. Anything's I don't possible. think so, though. Any other uh, I shout think outs that's here? it. Yeah. Still looking for a podcast it. supervisor. Yeah. Especially as we get into training camp, yeah, we're going to need that's one. True. We can't be we can't trusted be to do this on our own. Clearly, Phil's trying to break news on the podcast. <laughs> Last week we did the podcast from my living room. That's true. <laughs> What's next? Yeah. Well, now we're in the we're in a we're cave. In the friendly convite. Yeah, we're in the friendly confines. It's dark in our, here. Of the pit, you can hear the the bats. Yeah, the, that's the dripping. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, read. from the stalagmites and stalag. Tights. Um, tights. Yeah. I just forget which one was up I think and which one. Tights go down. Got it. And mites go up. Very confusing. What if you ran into a situation where you had to kind of shimmy between a mite and a tight? That'd be a bad situation. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah. That's uh, splunking? I think so. I've actually been yeah. caving before. I've been in a cave. I've been to Carlsbad Caverns in uh, New Mexico. It's exciting. I believe that's... Either the first or second largest cave in North America. Is this the second? This is this uh, where we're no, recording. This is very small. Where we're recording. It's one of the yes. smallest caves in one North America. One of the very smallest. No sunlight. <laughs> sees it's true. In here. It's true. It's impossible. Yes. The mold's concerning, yes. but otherwise, I think it's okay. Other than that, we're totally fine. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that we've uh, got you ready for training camp. Yeah, we're ready yeah, for you something. Gotta know, we're ready you for know a all drink. the storylines. You know, quarterback, you know, the wide receiver. You know what's the most improved group. You know what to expect from this defense. And maybe, hey, here's a couple of rookies, what they what they should be expecting. So, yeah, that's pretty much – that's why you listen to the neutral zone. I would listen anyway, but it's a nice perk. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Knowledge. I try to listen to this at least three or four times. Just – I like to laugh at my jokes, you know, just to make sure. Yes, Plus, we got to get those. We got to get those clicks up. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Where do you listen to this? On the app. Oh, on the, the app Broncos is doing. Re- it's app. doing really well. It's overperforming. Yeah, I heard. it is. Um, but you could also listen on iTunes. That's S- where I usually listen to oh, yeah? iTunes. Yeah, nice. I say that. Um, Stitcher, I've heard, is a thing. I heard of that. Again, that's why a podcast supervisor would be great to just kind of keep so this all straight. To, you go to like your dry cleaner. Right. And you listen. Like when I tore my pants out of the Hall of Fame, I went to a stitcher, and they also hooked me up with a podcast. (laughs) It's kind of nice. That was a good story. 
that, that was a good you know, story. We, were, we just got done covering an event. We just got, yeah, it was the a gold jacket luncheon, the luncheon in Atlanta yes. at a very nice hotel. Lots of Hall of Famers I think that was there. was a Ritz-Carlton or something Yeah, like we that. interviewed yeah. Uh, Hall of Famer Floyd Little. We talked to the Bolin family. Big we talked day, to Steve Atwater, John Lynch, all the all the Hall of Fame finalists, I guess you could say, Champ Bailey. Uh, we're going to get in the car to get a little lunch and... You know, I, I get in the car in the front. I sit in the front seat, obviously, because yeah, that's where the, I two, was the two R's sit. Right. You know, that's we put the, the R's Ben sit. Swanson's in the trunk. Everybody yeah. else is in the back. Uh, Couple R's, R's in, front. in the front. I get in and close the door, and I realize, hey, the the pocket or whatever of my dress pants is stuck. And, you know, because I'm focused on typing, I was, you know, I was transcribing with one hand and tweeting with the other and just being an get R. Getting the information right. out. You know, people want to know. Correct. And so I just try to scoot over. Man, bad situation. Yeah, big but, rip. But much better. That is on the where back that is end. where that is where the rip was. <laughs> back, <laughs> the back end. Back end of the event. If that was on the, let me. I'm just curious as a professional R like you are. If you had done that on the way to the event, what would on you the way have? to the event? Yeah. Well, luckily, I always give myself plenty of time to get places. So maybe yeah. I could have stopped for a to suit or something. A new to suit. Um, um, here, I got a question for you. Do you know why golfers always wear two pants? In case they get a hole in one. Correct. <laughs> That's pretty good. Correct. Uh, but I did Maybe have to. You should do that for big events. I know. I should just wear double double pants. Correct. I did. Uh, I tore. I uh, tied my coat around my pants and then walked through this like outdoor mall, essentially. It's a Atlanta. veteran move. Yeah, I'm not. I think I must have. I would have had to do that at the event too, or I would have yeah. said. Swanson, I need your pants. Yes. You draw from the car. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Swanson. Got it. (laughs) He's just sitting in here. Can't say anything. We won't give him a microphone. It's poor guy. No voice. No way to defend himself. Yeah. Well. All right. Uh, Sorry, Stitcher. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Got a little off track there. I think, too. Um, tune in. Yeah, that's a nice one. Got it. Zach Peerless, who started at ESPN. Congratulations, con- congratulations to former to Broncos uh, intern. Intern Zach Peerless. Zach Peerless. You've heard uh, him here on the Neutral Zone. He's been tremendous. 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 He went to Northwestern. I did not know that. Wow. Yeah. He can I do whatever he wants. He went to Northwestern. <laughs> uh, he started at ESPN, and but he did once tell us that you could listen to this podcast on Spotify. Incorrect. <laughs> Very wrong. That's why he doesn't work now, here anymore. Here's what you could do: you could download the podcast via iTunes, okay. and then on your computer mm-hmm. have it play back through on Spotify. Huh? I think you could do that. Well, and you know what you could also do? Really back wrong. in the day, yeah. uh, before they had aux cords for your car, they used oh. to have those little tape things that you would put in a cassette tape. Yeah, and then you would have to find like a random radio station that wasn't being used. So maybe you could. <laughs> Can you think of any stations oh, that are being used? Oh. <laughs> You're talking about a cassette tape with the cord coming out, and then exactly. you'd plug it right yeah. in. And then you'd find yeah. like an FM yeah, or an AM station. Yes. Um, hard to think of one off the top of my head that's yes. not being used. But, yes. Um, and then you could play it 860 that. maybe. 860 could be. Yeah. Uh, and then it would play that way. So you could also listen to it on the radio that way. Yes. That's true. Could do that. Anyway. So those are different ways. Those are different tape, ways. Yeah. Uh, um, you could do that. Also, if you want to visit the office, we could just we can just talk at you. You could sit in here and just listen to us. Right. Drip. 
yeah, into the cave. If, if you must not be afraid of bats. Correct. Also, if there's this is actually good. If there's anyone listening who's a college senior or a recent graduate, That's we're looking true. for interns. A social this is media. an actual. This thing. is real. We joke about the uh, podcast supervisor. We are legitimately looking for interns. Two digital media yeah, interns. Social media intern. A social media intern. In a multimedia a digital. More video. Media. That's what multimedia is. I think. Yeah. Well, they must be able to do video and also draw and do some writing. Yeah, writing Possibly. not as important. Not as important. No. So do so, apply. Seriously, yeah. If you're a college journalism you student, to find out more you should probably be studying instead of listening to this. That's true. Well, ideally, in my personal opinion, you've already graduated from college. Oh, well, maybe you're... You're still looking for a job right now. That's true. Yeah. Or maybe you're so, working for the Raiders or Chiefs right now, and you're like, I got to get to Denver. Correct. Yeah. That, if you really want to upgrade... Uh, check out uh, just contact one of us and we can uh, put you in touch with the link yeah so it's uh, at Eric Delala on Twitter with an A uh, and, uh, I think film. there's actually three A's in the <laughs> handle starts but with it starts an a, with though, an a. which is very strange yeah and then at Phil Milani Phil with PH. A P-H. One, one P in that P-H. name yeah um, and we have poked fun a little bit at or, uh, Orange and Blue 760 this episode, but uh, th- we do have a lot of friends who work for Orange and Blue 760. And uh, our guy Steve, Steve, Steve will obviously still be doing stuff with us. Right, Andrew Mason, Mace. um, uh, Ryan Edwards. Justin uh, congratulations, Adams. he's heading over to uh, KOA nice. already. Uh, Benjamin Albright heading over there. Um, so yeah, and uh, it was a, it was Adams, nice to uh, Brandon Kristall. So we know these guys. Uh, yeah. Well, so it was nice to of them to have us on times little partnership between the team and the or the team media department and the I guess digital media. There's another yeah, little exactly. confusing, but little confusing, but uh, yeah, having us on yeah. and uh, cross promoting and that kind of thing. So uh, best of luck to those guys as they uh, find whatever radio uh, whatever comes next. Exactly, but we'll still be here. We'll still be here on the, the neutral, neutral zone. zone.